Hi, my name is Gunnar Froh and I'm your host on the Wonder Mobility Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Wonder Mobility Podcast. Uh, today will be really, really interesting because we are talking to a guy who almost knows it all <laughs> in new mobility. <laughs> Timo, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you about this great topic. Timo is a co-leader of the McKinsey's Center for Future Mobility. Um, you co-founded the Center for Future Mobility. Um, and I think you've uh, spent almost 20 years now advising scale-ups, but also mature companies in this mobility transition on these topics. Um, tell us a few maybe numbers just from the beginning to um, wrap our head around what you are uh, doing and um, the scale of your um, operation. So actually, we, we started really small with the Center of Future Mobility. Um, so it was basically in 2015, it was me. Uh, that's it. Um, and and we we figured that what's going on in the mobility sector is is more than just a trend, but it's it's really what we now call a disruption, right, or a transformation or so. And we, we had a bit the feeling coming from, honestly, uh, the auto side. So I myself, I, I grew up, if you wish, in the automotive industry and realized what's, what's going on is, is, is really different. So, and then we founded the center um, without knowing exactly what it should be um, back in the days. But we just realized it's, it's, um, it's, it's massive what's coming. And so we need to get our head around And now we have arrived at, at a size which, it, which is really relevant for us, even as McKinsey, which is a, a, indeed a sizable company. But we are around three, uh, 400 colleagues now across the globe who are dealing with mobility disruption every day. We have a, a quote-unquote think tank of another 50 people who are doing nothing else than modeling markets, um, thinking through what the EV uptake will be, thinking through what it means to value pools for micromobility, um, developing customer insights right on a very regular basis. So that's another 50 people, so to say. We are touching with that uh, around 500 clients per year uh, on the topic of mobility. So it's not only the core of um, yeah your uh, users of your of your offerings but it's it's basically the whole sector you can say you want to understand what's going on there so then there's then also next to mobility service providers uh, insurance companies telco companies um, uh, uh, oil and gas companies automotive companies who all obviously want to understand what the future will be and and how they should kind of adjust their um, yeah, offerings to to their customers and to the world, and so it's um, it has become over the time really relevant. And maybe the last comment on on numbers, um, I'd say that uh, we have um, let's say sizable um, portion of our client service also with the disruptors themselves, or with the also the young and and, and scaling companies, and and not anymore with the incumbents. And this is definitely also very different to um, what I did until 2015, mm -hmm. uh, back in my <laughs> good old automotive days. So you're covering a lot of ground with these several hundred people all under the umbrella, under the headline of future mobility. How would you kind of structure these topics that you're dealing with? Is that still kind of the case acronym that people heard about uh, years ago? Do these like connected, autonomous, shared electric still make sense? Is that how you would call it? Or are there additional topic areas um, 
how, how do you cluster this? Yeah, indeed. Indeed, it, it, it looks funny, but back in the days in 2015, we, we structured it really the world in the in the aces or case trends mm -hmm. and and also for us that was a way to build capabilities and and intelligence on those areas and we indeed the the, the teams we built back in the day were, were around those um, aces case trends but this has evolved so we still have people um, who can go really deep in autonomous and and who can really go deep then in in portions of the electrification, which is then the battery or the, the motor or so. Um, so this is still kind of existing in, in, in terms of people who can go really deep in those areas. But we then quickly realized that all of that is somehow interconnected, right? And mm -hmm. then if you want to have, if you then think through an ecosystem of an urban environment, then you need to bring all of that together to come to better solutions than we have them um, historically and, and, and hence we also then have, have people who come then more from the, let's say, application side who, who think through what should a city do to um, improve their mobility system. And then they are tapping, if you wish, um, with their broad view on the, on the different expertises, which can go then very deep. So it's interesting. Uh, it's now not Nisi at all anymore, <laughs> if I may say, and, and when I know you know the term, yeah. so m meaning that it's it's well structured in silos, so to say, but it's uh, it's all integrated and and uh, a lot of let's say, uh, uh, yeah, joint work of when we serve clients in the, the various fields. Interesting. So it sounds like, yeah, connected autonomous shared electric still makes sense. It's relevant for like to talk about like solution areas, but you also have like an application layer where you are um, maybe thinking from an urban environment um, and then um, what what is a good solution for this specific setup but drawing on the different areas and exactly um, when you um, think back to the last few years you mentioned um, you founded the McKinsey Center for Future Mobility in 2015 so um, about eight years what have been the headlines kind of over those years and maybe where you were also kind of rushing to build capabilities. How has that changed over time? Because I think it's not always been the same topic that has been hot over time. How did it kind of evolve and what is it today? Yeah, indeed, that's, that's, uh, that's an absolutely fair question. I think at the beginning it was, you can put the headline down, understanding. Mm -hmm. We So it was a time... So finally, we, we probably all have forgotten in 2015, the term um, ACES was not so established, right? So mm -hmm. I, I remember in my first days even, mm -hmm. we, we, did, um, we did an exercise kind of um, trying to collect all the trends which are out there in the world at the moment, which might potentially um, be relevant for the mobility ecosystem, uh, prioritize them, right? And then I think we had then 12 or so left, left. And then we put them in the in the metrics of likelihood and impact, right? Mm -hmm. And in the top right-hand corner, um, without kind of us influencing it, there were then the ACES trends, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it was not, when we started back in 2015 for us, it was not clear it is ACES, but it's, there were many other trends as well. And, um, and, and, and so it was a lot about understanding. Then we, we then started, uh, so in that early phase also to, for the first time, model the mobility market, right? And, and trying to understand with um, the concept of shared mobility, pooled shared mobility, um, maybe then even later on robo-shuttles, mm -hmm. um, 
with the concept of, um, let's say, moving people more on public transport, um, uh, later then also on micromobility modes. What does that all mean? What does it mean to um, uh, passenger miles traveled? What does it mean to then value pools in the different segments? Mm -hmm. What does it mean then also for our incumbent clients for automotive sales, right? Mm -hmm. And there were all, there, there were no models around. So mm -hmm. we really started very bottom up from one single person in the city moving from A to B, how will this evolve over time? And then aggregated that up, right? And, and then for the first time in 2016, there was a milestone report uh, on the, it was still called Automotive Revolution. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I remember. Yeah. Um, but it was exactly looking into the whole mobility ecosystem mm -hmm. already and then coming up with, with numbers, right? Very scenario-based and you can discuss assumptions, etc. But um, so there was a lot of understanding and, and understanding the size and speed of those trends. And then um, there was a phase where we then then um, started. Uh, it was you can call it a think tank, right? Mm -hmm. It was um, was very self standing, and um, we weren't really sure if anybody's interested in what we are doing. And and then there there started a phase where where we personally, as as the center, focused more on incumbent clients on automotive players later on and also then uh, other sectors as i mentioned right um, telco insurance oil and gas uh, tli so transport logistics mm -hmm. um, and 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 think their strategy through so do where sh so what does that mean for me right as as a as one of those incumbents um, in, the, in, the, in the logistics for example And how do I need to adjust my products, um, my operations, etc.? So there was um, there was a, a phase of where we did a lot of strategy engagements for for incumbent players, mm -hmm. and then um, um, for me, then the, the the phase which which started to be really put us to the next level is when we realized, and that started first in the U.S. Um, hey, there's also then those new players in, in the ecosystem mm -hmm. and they are growing relatively quickly mm -hmm. and and they seem to be really also leading in some dimensions of that mobility disruption. And then we started, um, as said, in the, in the USA for, for in the first step, so to say, to also serve those clients and, and shape their their growth story and, and help them to build the business. And uh, luckily then this uh, yeah, relatively... Soon, then also transition into Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, I then had a chance to also sort of help those clients in front of my my door more and more, and um, really kind of build exciting um, business models mm -hmm. in the mobility ecosystem. And now it's uh, it's really integrated. It's, it's it's we we are so I personally don't cover anything uh, or not anymore anything right and and all the fields, but we have now. With, with the sizable team, we now have the ability to really divide uh, responsibilities and, and, and have teams across the globe, etc. Um, and, and now we are kind of um, really a, a full-fledged, let's say, uh, uh, group of colleagues who basically can cover a lot of topics. So it sounds so like when you, maybe a bit when you recap, even on this relatively short time frame of those eight years, um, I heard you talk about four phases roughly like the first is discover what the trends might be like naming some of the things that are on the horizon and the next is then like estimating value pools how big might these things be also relative to each other and then it was about uh, maybe yeah a lot of strategy projects what should we do as incumbents is this relevant for us 
uh, maybe also the new entrants, scale-ups, maybe selling their growth um, stories. And I imagine now is the fourth phase um, of um, probably like this question, which of this will be profitable or how do I make money now? What's the, what's the, um, how can this um, survive in many cases? Um, you, um, I believe we talked about uh, a study that like kind of more offline before that you are currently working on, which is focusing on um, what do investors want to see now in this uh, space? Uh, one of one of the two ways out in a way, either revenue or more investors. Um, so I think, how do you, what's, what, what are the relevant topics now? This is probably one of them. What are the hottest topics in the space for you at the moment that you get asked about? Yeah. Um, so there's, it's, it's, um, I, I like the, the, the way you frame that phase we are in. So there is, uh, so there's a mixture, right? So there's a, a, just getting it done. I think that, that's the, the, the phase started already, I would say three, four years ago, where we really see that with the new players, but also honestly with the incumbents who are entering the field and trying to develop new business models there. Mm -hmm. It's about not just thinking anymore, but it's really scaling, right? So scaling business models. And now kind of overlapping into that came then um, specifically in the environment which we had uh, since COVID, I would say, um, the question of profitability, right? Mm -hmm. So be before that, there was still a lot of money around um, for the, again, the new players, but also even on the, on the incumbent side to just do stuff. Uh, and, but, but now then the question evolved into profitability. And even after there was a short phase, like 2020 was maybe really bad yeah, depending right. on where in the value chain you were, but then 21 yeah. was like the age of cheap money and maybe specs and still a lot of, um, right. let's say investment into stories. And relatively recently in the last two years, all of a sudden a very fast turnaround into, um, yeah, so in, in mid of 2022, right? So mm -hmm. it really, we saw a steep decrease of, of, uh, investments into, into new mobility players. We, we, we saw that really as we are tracking that as well. Obviously. Let's deep dive into this for a few minutes. Maybe this topic, this study that you are, I believe, also working on at the moment. Um, lots of maybe interviews, desk research and stuff. Um, what are investors looking for now in the space? Because I think it's interesting. Um, it's probably a different emphasis from what they might have um, said a year and a half ago. Can you share a little bit about the, those findings? Yeah, in, indeed. We, as we, as I mentioned, right, as we are working with a lot of those uh, scaling companies, we we also ask ourselves how how should they best address this, uh, yeah, difficult environment uh, from an investor's point of view. Um, how should they best address that? And and um, we we what we did was talking to a lot of VCs, PE firms to to understand what they are looking for. Uh, in specifically in the mobility space um, and with mobility investments they are doing and and come up indeed with the most uh, critical success factors which um, which they are looking for mm -hmm. for for those players and um, on the, on the highest level right it's 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 a sound market landscape um, the market is relevant it's growing uh, it's the right time right um, then it's obviously company. Uh, specifications meaning in the sense of um, they, they have a product they have a service which which is defendable um, from competition they they can differentiate by partnerships etc um, and and then there's the plan 
um, and and the kind of the the core KPIs those uh, the the startup or scale up has really to make all that work. So to implement then um, what they are promising as their vision and and have really a clear milestone plan. And 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 those were kind of the again on the on the highest level the dimensions which um, which we found there. What is then probably even more interesting is is um, we then kind of structured in many sub success factors out of those interviews and and ended up with ten. Um, if, we, if we just go through the top uh, two or three, so what I was indeed quite a bit surprised that the the success factors which stood out and was mentioned most from the investors was that there's a clear so it's in this third bucket I was mentioning before, but. Uh, more specifically, that's a clear investor target and, and funding goal. So meaning in simple terms, the, the, the startup or scale-up does exactly know what they want to do with the money of that round, right? And not kind of helping just to reach, achieve that vision, which comes then five years later or so. But what exactly are you going to do in the next 12 months with this money? What are the, the KPIs you want to measure yourself against uh, and, and measure success, right? And it, it can be reaching profitability. For some business models, that's, that's unrealistic, right? It's, it must be then other stuff. Um, and we were surprised that, that uh, two-thirds of the investors were, were telling us that this criteria, and I, my, in those interviews I was doing, I was asking the question, isn't that normal? Mm -hmm. So shouldn't all investors tell you that? And they said, no, no. We typically need to ask for that, right? And then in, 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 in most cases, the best we get is a rough answer, but it feels very often like um, they are thinking through life in the meeting what they want to do with the money. Apart from, again, they are then all jumping back to their overall story, what, <laughs> how they want to change the world, right? Mm -hmm. But um, the specific round, what do you want to do with this money? What do you, this is very... Very vague, um, uh, very often, mm -hmm. and so this is uh, this is something which which stood out and and was kind of surprising to me. And and now, kind of when I'm interacting with those players, telling them all the time, and, and when we shape the equity story or so jointly for something, um, that we not forget about the next twelve months, so to say, and the next uh, KPI you can really achieve um, uh, in in yeah in, in more mid or, or short term. Yeah, to be very specific, to be very specific about the use of funds. And what I also heard you say before uh, was kind of in my own terms that they are now paranoid about the next round. Like, tell us exactly how you're going to use these funds and how that will set you up. What KPIs are you going to see that you that are going to um, bring you over the next hurdle? I think before uh, when we as one mobility, for example, we raised over those uh, nine years or so, 80 to 90 million. And we did not have this conversation. Be very specific about the next round. We're talking about this round right now, but how's the next one going to work and exactly how are you going to put to use this money? We did not have this um, conversation. It was more about, are you growing right now? And then it's like a natural law. If you're growing, there will be more funding, but not um, uh, not anymore, I think. That's really interesting. And um, right. what is um, the kind of... Um, other topics that are um, hot at the moment where um, you're covering this large area and I, I think you can kind of list down the topics, but they're not all equal. Like there was more emphasis on different ones of them at certain points along the years. Um, 
funding is funding or profitability is kind of a universal problem. Um, what are the other topics that are um, also on a functional perspective, maybe or industry perspective, um, hot at the moment? Yeah. If I stay for a moment still with the ACES trends, mm -hmm. um, what, what we have seen then already a while ago, right? So that the topic of electrification uh, has has then taken up uh, and, and really scaled uh, widely as, as the first one, right? And, and, and this was um, there we, we then relatively quickly kind of went away from, from just strategizing or so, but really in, in kind of building, right? And, and, and this goes then, Again, into disruptors, right? Luckily, we we now can say in Europe we have also created uh, Gigafactory or are yeah. building Gigafactories, um, and and this was driven by disruptors and not from the from the incumbents, mm -hmm. right? And 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 so um, also there we were able to to help, and then you get into uh, topics like how do I spend my capex, right? How do I this uh, I don't know three four billion plant. Um, How, how, how do we make that work uh, in budget and in time? Right? And if you are just ten um, percent off, already three, four hundred million, right? Um, and, and the investors will not like that, right? Um, to kind of give you more money just to to finish the the plant, right? So um, this this is probably the the topic which which is let's say most scaled and and and, and where 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 most money is flowing into. Mm -hmm. It's the whole topic of electrification and and and, um, and and for 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 the others and I stay a little moment for with the, still the ACES trends right it's it's uh, I would say in most of them we are still before the tipping point mm -hmm. um, where we say it's it's really massively scaling and and we see really a measurable change in the world all of them are progressing right so there's also a discussion very often. Um, Now is that not coming at all anymore? Yes. Right, um, autonomous is typically in the meet in the news very often, right? Because it's just an interesting mm -hmm. topic to talk about, um, and 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 there's always those ups and downs, right? And sometimes it's next. Also, to, tomorrow everybody will be sitting in an autonomous shuttle. Um, three months later, when two kind of incidences happen somewhere, then um, the the media is saying never ever will that come at all. Right, so it's it's always an up and down, but I, I think also in the, the shared context in urban mobility, we see a bit similar influences. Right, and then there's a city who's who's uh, banning shared scooters. Right, and out of a sudden, um, yeah, shared mobility is dead in cities. Right, mm -hmm. if you if you follow some some media, but um, but I think this is all yeah, just kind of. Uh, exaggerating some specific events, but we, we see a continuous kind of uptake of, of um, yeah, the mobility transition when it comes to modal mixes in, in cities. And we see continuous kind of increases of, of the drivers, right, which are regulation, consumer adoption and technology mm -hmm. um, availability, right? And, and continuously you can see in all of those trends that there is, Evolution and it's and, and it's 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 moving in the right direction, if you wish, um, but it's not happening overnight, and it's not happening everywhere at the same point in time, and and this is probably why we see that uncertainty a bit uh, also reflected in the in the news. But we 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 do clearly believe that those trends are all kind of um, yeah working towards that tipping point where we then really see a way steeper um, yeah increase of 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 those. 
uh, trends uh, and, and, and make them really reality in the world's Is that like the major update from the last two years or so? If you look back on studies that also uh, your teams have done um, that you would still um, say those are the right trends and there are increasing signals for adoption, but the timeline, the major update here is not that we take one of those away or have forgotten about one, but the timeline is just going to take so much longer. So there will be shared mobility, but it's just not relevant even. Um, in five years compared to uh, leasing and classic car yeah companies. it's um so we, we we haven't really massively changed those uptake curves mm -hmm. sometimes um we are switching a bit the scenarios right mm -hmm. so we're saying yeah maybe now the the signposts are more going to current trajectory sometimes a bit more to further acceleration um Never they have been to achieve commitments, or that's our most uh, aspirational one, where we really kind of um, get the climate change really under control. Um, I, I think um, we, are, we, at least for the mobility sector, we are not on track mm -hmm. there. Um, but um, but we are switching a bit those those scenarios. But um, yeah, you can also say it's it's a it's a it's a, just a, a shift in in, in timeline, mm -hmm. right? Um, sometimes a little bit back, and sometimes a little bit uh, forward. Um, but it's uh, overall, it's 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 really increasing, right? And I, I just give you one one example, um, one kind of regulatory um, say measure to increase the PMT shift or speed of of the shift is is those uh, congestion fees, mm -hmm. right? For for cars in the city, and um, and and it seems to be impossible to discuss that even in in, in Germany, right? Uh, For, for quite some while, right? Everybody said that that's, nobody would ever do that in a, in a German city. Now, guess what? Um, the, 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 the Cologne parliament is discussing that while we, while we talk here and they have asked now for a feasibility study to be done, which is already a, an explicit decision, right? And there was a, a lot of discussion, but there was a majority um, of the people in the parliament saying, Yes, we want to see that feasibility study to in, introduce a congestion fee in in the uh, in the in the inner uh, Cologne city, and by that kind of getting less private cars in the city and enabling other modes of transport to grow. Because and and that's probably the interesting point, right? Um, there's no no single reason for for that transition, and we haven't touched upon that topic, right? So there's not it's all about CO2 reduction. Um, but there's there's really four or five factors where our modeling also shows we we need a shift how we do mobility in cities. So it's it's clearly the sustainability factor, yes, mm -hmm. but it's also just a um, can call it efficiency or speed mm -hmm. factor. We we all yeah. know how it is if you stand for 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 hours in a traffic jam in a city, or if you are looking for a parking spot mm -hmm. in in a city, right? So it's so un inefficient. Yeah, totally. Uh, has nothing to do with sustainability. It's just inefficient. Mm -hmm. Doesn't uh, you, you waste time, right? And there's the affordability mm -hmm. topic. We um, there's even a term for that called mobility poverty, mm -hmm. where where you see that in some areas, Chicago is, is a good example for that, where, where you have some areas in the south who are just not linked to where the work is happening by, by public transport, right? And those people are living at a place where there is where there are no jobs. Um, And, and they don't have a car, they can't afford it, but they also can't go with public transport to where the work is happening. So 
they they just don't get into work, right? Um, and and so you need to create an affordable mobility mode for for them, right? To to get there, to get to work. So affordability is a topic. Quality is a topic, right? Um, in the sense of how do I feel? How comfortable is it? And and accessibility. So there's there's various drivers for for how you develop your mobility system. But what has become clear um, to us, but also then seems like more and more to um, the citizens in a, in a city, but also the, the, the people who are um, yeah, in, in the seat of driving the, where the city is going, that they understand that we need, to, we need to kind of systematically change how we do mobility in cities. And, and, and this, is, this is now coming, and, and some cities are faster, some are a little bit slower, um, some go bolder, some go less bolder, some go for leapfrogging directly to robo shuttles. Some others are exploring um, today's options stronger. So there's different pathways, so to say, to that new mobility system, but it's it's measurably happening. It's um, yeah, it gives me kind of uh, second thoughts when um, you mention these um, reasons why we need. Um, those future mobility topics, um, and they are all sound like policy goals, basically, like they all make sense. It's more sustainable, more um, accessible, and so on, equitable. Um, but um, we don't mention um, because they are, there's a lot of money to be made. <laughs> like they are great. Um, this, like this will happen because it's like a gold uh, rush. And you mentioned the drivers of this transition um, to be kind of technological readiness, tech, tech factors, Uh, consumer adoption and then regulation. And it seems to me like, um, kind of the tech evolution, uh, is like predictably going along. Um, uh, the consumer, right. um, interest is documented in like a lot of studies also that you made. They, people are saying, I'm curious about this or I'm likely, sometimes they say my next car will still be in combustion car, but then the one after that for sure. So there's like, interest um but regulation which might be a major driver because it's mostly for policy goals that this is wanted um might be uh, might have peaked basically or might be at a peak because um now we are in a time when there's at least in germany but other european nations similarly i think um there's this kind of sustainability movement climate movement there's sometimes green party participation in the um, bigger cities. Um, there's a lot of government money available. It used to be now those years when they, they wanted to pump more money into the system, but that's not going to, it's not going to get any better than that, basically. Um, and with economic realities kind of crushing more down on people, maybe those topics are not the most urgent anymore. Or maybe when government funding needs to be more carefully allocated, um, those topics are more um, optional. So. I wonder, um, from an industry perspective, um, that's very hard to do, like collectively, because everyone's kind of optimizing for himself. But from an industry perspective, um, how, where's the best uh, bang for the next buck? Like, where are investments made? Even better, um, uh, you know, um, tech, marketing, get attention for it, influence on regulation association, making a case, um, influencing um, those outcomes. How mature or immature do you think um, 
this industry, if you can even like grasp it as one industry, is in this topic. Yeah. Because I think the industry you originally sort of come from uh, um, um, with your work history, also automotive industry, is quite professional, quite proactive, quite moving a lot of resources in their um, direction. Um, they've practiced this over um, decades. But where are these? where's the lobby for these uh, new topics? Is that already existing or not really? Yeah, that's, that's a very fair point. Um, there is traditionally in the big industries, there is an established way um, yeah, of, of, you can say lobbyism, right. And, and, and they are, or just kind of, um, yeah, interests are well represented, uh, kind of in, in relevant meetings and in, in relevant circles. And, and for this kind of new movement, new ecosystem, uh, that's not so clear. Um, but what I would say, what is, what is maybe at least a partial replacement for that or, um, yeah, complementing that is is that um, the governments themselves have set targets for themselves or for their countries or so, which are playing in the cards of of mm -hmm. that ecosystem. So what I mean by that, let's let's start with with uh, the CO two emission targets, right? Which we have in Europe probably one of the let's say clearest um, mm -hmm. framework for that with with Fit for Fifty Five. But also kind of we, we did that recently, right? Um, as we continuously adjust our models and improve them, right? We, we looked uh, across the CO2 emission goals, uh, across the world. And basically, um, all nations, countries of the world, at least the big ones have mentioned at least aspirations, if not even goals, how to reduce CO2 mm -hmm. emissions. So basically there's a, there, the, the map of targets, CO2 reduction targets is, is relatively dense across the world. Now, if you think that through, right, how can you achieve that? And I stay with just that single target of CO2 reduction, then even then you relatively quickly realize that electrification is, is not, is not good enough. It's, it's not mm. the answer to achieve that, uh, reduction in the mobility sector, but you need something else because it's just not, you know, holding period of a car is 13, 14, 15 years. Right. So if you now start, um, in, in Europe, we have 15% best sales, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, roughly, uh, per year, right? Even if this is growing, right? So this will take forever. You can say, right? Not forever, but a very long time that the, the park of cars, which is driving around or trucks, even worse, right? Because it's starting even later. If that is really net zero emission, so to say, um, so, you relatively quickly, if you calculate it roughly through that, maybe, and we did that for Europe, around about 50% of the, the gap you need to close to achieve your target, which you have announced as European Commission, the minus 55% versus 1990, um, maybe 50% you can get with electrification. 50%. So this 50 other percent must come from somewhere. And then there is not a lot measures than just driving less with mm -hmm. the car, right? Then, then that, right? So, and then you need to think intermodal, uh, uh, transport, so to say, where, where you use public transport, obviously more, but then also complement that by other means of transport in the mm -hmm. shared mode. So it's, it's very logical, mm -hmm. so to say, that if you want to achieve that target of the CO2 emissions reduction, then you need to also implement this model mix shift, mm -hmm. so to say, in mostly in city be, cities because there it's easiest. Um, 
and and uh, so there. That's why I'm saying, yes, you are right. There's not that say well organized um, voice of the of the new mobility industry. You can say, but um, logically, the societies have an interest to push that industry, if you wish. And now. The, the question is still then the speed, right? Um, is uh, when is really? I mean, you can say year by year or month by month, we are losing time, right? Um, in in if I stay again with the CO two emission. So when do we see stuff is even more accelerating? Uh, but it 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 must come. Um, that's that's the that's the single point. And then there's a lot of other things which the other dimensions I don't I don't mention anymore, right? But you can see similar things traffic jams are uh, really going on people's nerves and and uh, the mayor needs to do something mm -hmm. about it so there's there's then other functions also on other levels of the um, of the mm -hmm. regulation but um, I, I i think this is a bit of an of a compensation so mm -hmm. to say so in theory if you calculate the case out it's not possible to hit the European Fit for 55 targets in the transportation sector purely with electrification. There would have to be also a modal shift or maybe more pooled rides, robo-shuttles, even public transportation, bikes and so on. Um, but the question is like, does that finally maybe really get enforced or there's a negotiation between sectors? So I'm not doing this, but over here we can save more. And then eventually maybe the where the rubber meets the hits the road is um, on the city level. It's then the individual city who enacts, like the example you gave from Cologne, potentially, um, or um, you know, a city like Copenhagen taking um, one third of their parking spaces away and converting another third um, for car sharing parking only. That's like a radical um, move. That's, I believe, done on a city level, not on a national level. Um, what's um, when you when you come across? I think this is super interesting about your work, different from most of. The people also listening where we are part of one company and we're kind of going deep on this individual product and so on. You see different um, companies and models and positions in the value chain and stuff. Um, what is a product or a positioning that um, you've seen in the last years that has worked really well um, also financially? <laughs> where it was basically in this space uh, something uh, like a, a business people would want to own just because it's... Um, Yeah, really, really lucrative today already. Is is there an example that comes to mind that maybe we don't think of much because it's like a B 2 B solution somewhere? I mean, uh, so there, there definitely are, uh, and I know you're working hard on it yourself. <laughs> we're not um, yet that profitable on that but, topic. Yeah, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think um, there, there is um, maybe two angles on that question. A is um, there's a lead, if you go through the value chain, there's um, some some hidden champions, so to say, um, where where you can turn profitability relatively quickly. If you are selling a hardware, for example, uh, a device, maybe somewhere in the charging infrastructure, mm -hmm. or uh, even if you are selling a scooter to somebody, um, right, um, then... then If you if you have done everything right, right, then you have the chance to be to be profitable because there's on the other side somebody sitting who are paying you often cash more or less uh, for what you are offering. So looking through the through the um, the value chain, um, there's different areas which 
which uh, are already profitable today. The other angle is, is, is the more the regional scope, right? Even in the, in the service business, and, and I take explicitly the, the, the good old mm -hmm. car sharing model, right? Which specifically here in Germany is, is intensely discussed because we saw quite some movement of the incumbents, mm -hmm. so to say, in that space, right? Um, trying to, to reach, let's say, a growth path and so on and so forth. But um, when we looked into deeper into that space, uh, a long time ago already, we realized hey, some operations in some cities are very profitable um, and, and they, they, they work well, um, but others are not, right? So in other cities, not for then several reasons, right? So maybe there's more competition, maybe the adoption is lower, <clears throat> maybe also the operations uh, is not well under control, but there can be there many uh, um, uh, dimensions. But um, looking at a company in total and then saying, okay, that company is not profitable, hence the whole uh, business model or the, the whole offering can never be profitable is also a misconception. So there is cities typically or areas for, for other offerings, it's they're not cities, but it's other products maybe or so, which are profitable. And, and um, I mean, there was for a long time just a focus on grow, 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 grow right? Uh, acquire customers, acquire customers, acquire mm -hmm. customers. So, um, so that, that was the clear, seems like the clear direction of the whole industry, right? And, and forget about this profitability topic. And hence, um, I think there were also then some decisions made of some of those players who are not so smart and going into a city which is already very dense with that offering or where just the preconditions because of public transport availability or kind of the, 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 the car-centered uh, minds of the people or whatever, where, where it was just not attractive to go there, um, but they still went there. Um, and so with that kind of so doing not so clever decisions, right? And, and that then turned then whole companies into... Uh, into a difficult situation. So um, there's, um, in short, again, right? If you if you look at the let's say, um, yeah, the, the the cube or so of cities value chain, um, maybe kind of uh, then hardware software, then you realize that there there's definitely um, areas which which are already today profitable and will be even more profitable in the future. Yeah, that's also my impression coming from a much smaller sample size that um, you, there are areas that you would think should like by and large are not yet profitable today. And then um, you find individual players within that that um, manage to have an interesting um, business. And sometimes uh, when I come across this, like last week I was in, Switzerland and there's like a leading bike sharing and they are doing final mm -hmm. assembly on their electric bikes in Biel in Switzerland, which is a very high cost location. Um, and then of their, of oh. their station solutions over there and they are run, they, they are running about 10,000 bikes in Switzerland profitably. And, um, it's very odd on paper. This almost shouldn't exist, this company, but then it's a very uneven playing field. Um, they are in a either monopolistic or near monopoly situation in some of their markets. Um, they are tapping into like differentiation locally, like 250 um, unique subscriptions for different B2B partners and so on. And so it's a very fragmented market, very uneven playing field, very local operations. Um, they have very long-term 
employees who are doing those operations on the streets that we partially talk to and so on. And all of a sudden you have like, uh, whatever, it's not public, but uh, um, uh, what's that? Uh, an eight-digit uh, revenue and it's also profitable um, doing this kind of manufacturing in Switzerland, being bike sharing in Switzerland. Bike sharing is by and large still very um, difficult and negative. Um, but the configuration that comes together to make it um, possible is quite complex. And at first, on paper, <laughs> maybe shouldn't be. It's really um, interesting. Um, what's like yeah. a prediction um, that maybe we can end up uh, with on this uh, conversation? I mean, it's like the <laughs> obvious question. But next year... Um, What's something that you already maybe can see coming a bit that not everyone is paying enough attention to at the moment that you think might happen in our space next year that's interesting? Maybe counterintuitively um, to what you said even before, I, I see um, I, I see indication that the regulators are, are waking up more and more. Um, I, I can't say now that next year I expect that the whole world will look different from a regulatory perspective, but the, uh, let's say, frequency of announcements of cities, I don't know, increasing uh, the parking prices, um, discussing um, congestion fees, taking parking spaces completely out of the city, looking at uh, a situation where I'm also close to comparing really in their tenders for uh, for um, for uh, let's say uh, linking a certain district of the city to the others, right? Really looking broadly into offerings, not just kind of looking into pu classical public transport, but also looking into new stuff which is around. Uh, and the, and the RFP is written like that, so that it's open for different forms. So I see more and more and more uh, across the globe um, of those, let's say of this opening up, so to say, or even the attempt to support uh, and accelerate the mobility transition. And um, I, I'm, I, I, see, I see this, and on the other side, I see more and more and more awareness of the governments of the world that we need to do something about sustainability more quicker than, than we are on the past. And so this together makes me... Yeah, hope, believe um, that that we got might see in 2024 many, many more of those clear, let's say, um, boundary conditions um, uh, uh, yeah, across the cities of the world. Because I think the rest is, as you mentioned before, I, I think the rest is already more or less ready. Right? Um, um, tech is there, operations is getting better and better under control, it can also be improved, and the customer is, is saying uh, already on an average in global, I want to use my car less and I want to replace that by other mm -hmm. modes of transport. So that's the global average, um, uh, the global average temperature of the hospital, mm -hmm. so to say, is, is already that, um, that the, the average consumer is saying exactly mm -hmm. that. Less car, mm -hmm. more other things. So the, 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 the consumers are open. So, um, it's, um, it's that, that's probably, Yeah, let's say the, the further boost, um, if we see regulators act even more, and I, I see the, the indications that... More tailwinds next year from the regulator. That will be, that's a nice, also wish for Christmas, but with that prediction coming from you, uh, kind of an authority <laughs> in our uh, space, we take it and we <laughs> uh, put it into our yeah. uh, decks and all hands uh, year-end meetings. 
um, that <laughs> next year might <laughs> might get a little, the future might get yeah. a little easier than the last two years. <laughs> Yeah, and we should send the podcast episode to a lot of uh, mayors across the world. So they hear what I'm saying. Going right? to do my best, yeah. <laughs> Tag them on LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Thank you lo Thanks a lot for taking a lot of time out of your day. It's probably also a really busy um, season um, uh, right now, I can only imagine. And yeah, sharing a little bit your experience um, from uh, many years, um, helping us to put things into perspective. Um, it's really nice catching up with you today. Oh, thanks for having me. And it's always great to have a conversation with you, Gunnar. Great pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye.